another episode of With The Chiefs. Wait, 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 wait. Man, I need more rest. I hope you've got, I've got your last name right there. It's a very good pronunciation. You should know better than that now, dog. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, yeah, so it at a crossroads at the moment. At a crossroads. Yeah. What's the percentage of times you would uh, not go out after you reckon? Because I have similar things. If I don't go in the morning, it's like probably, you know, 70% chance I'm not going to go. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's sort of one of those things as well. Like when you when you actually get out there and you start running, you're fine. Yeah. You could go, you could do an hour and a half, two hours, no yeah, problem. It's absolutely. just actually just getting your stuff on, getting out the door. And running, the great thing about running is that you actually, you don't have to actually even invest the effort to drive somewhere. You can literally <laughs> yeah. do it from yeah. out the front of your place. Um, yeah. Obviously, it's harder for some people because they live in really hilly and undulating areas. But that's that's what I love about running as well, just the freedom and just how um, inclusive it is. Like, you don't really need to have much equipment at all. You just put you your know, shoes on. Whatever you've got in a pair of shoes, sometimes, yeah, when I... I take it. I take my stuff to work and just go straight from there as well because it doesn't require much thought or effort. Yeah. Uh, particularly just an easy run. It's sort of to clear the mind after a stressful day at work mm. can mm. definitely be the best thing for you. It's just convincing yourself to get out there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, yeah, that's true. I find that's the same case with rain in oh, the morning. Worse, in yeah. the morning, um, I find it quite easy to get out because it's such a habit, obviously, running, doing all your running in the morning. But if it's raining, it's like looking at the door looking at the shoes <laughs> looking at the door again <laughs> um but yeah just thinking of a million things you'd rather <laughs> yeah. yeah debate like how because there's a tin roof here as well and it's yeah. like it sounds loud but it's like not loud it's not <laughs> um there's not much rain normally or yeah. if there is heavy rain it sounds 10 times heavier than it is but yeah. um anyway yeah dom what about what about your sort of week yeah um doing so this is like the bit of a taper week. I've got UTA coming up next week. So, um, yeah, I think the week before I was probably just freaking out a bit too much and was going a bit too into like my diet and trying to like lose weight and um, really like watching what I was eating and stuff like that. And then the start of this week, I was just like felt like, oh, stuff it, like um, picking out for a couple of days and just kind of let the, the reins loose and ate like a bit of crap and took a couple of days off running and was just not in a great space really um i guess like that's a, the kind of like the tricky thing with diet and stuff like that like i feel like your body's got to balance and yeah, you don't want to make yeah. it a chore that's a thing Absolutely. you want you want to be diligent with it but it's got to be sustainable that's yeah, it's, it's got that stigma that word doesn't it Absolutely. diet it means it's, it sounds restrictive <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah it sounds like yeah a punisher or a chore so yeah. yeah 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 and i think that yeah i was probably just getting a bit too obsessed with it and then um this week i kind of yeah had the first three days off um yep and then kind of had enough of that and decided okay let, let's do some running so what were you doing in the restrictive phase just oh uh, i downloaded like the there's like an app that tracks your calories and stuff like that yeah and then was just trying to meet the calories and make them match for the day but um i even felt that was like not enough and i don't know i don't think it's a very uh good thing to do i find the issue health. is whenever i've tried to do something like that i'm consciously um focusing on it which kind of yeah. stresses me out yeah whereas i don't know probably my eating habits aren't fantastic but whenever i've gone towards that and that it's just stressed me out mm. i don't know but you can probably do it for a short period of time yeah i would say yeah, well, I don't know. I didn't know why. Like, I 
wanted to do it. I think maybe because um, the program I'm on, there's a bit less Ks than yeah. uh, what I've previously done, but I got a coach to give me the program. So I should probably just trust in them a bit more and um, not be worrying about things like this too much. But uh, yeah, so Thursday I did a double um, and a session on the track in the afternoon, which was like a pyramid session where you go uh, one lap, two laps, three laps, four laps, and then back down three, two, one. Yeah. Um, and then jogged a lap in Should between. Should do it the other way, finish with a four. Just a mental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's out. a mentally tough session. Yeah. You, you know, it's always good having the, yeah, the four and then going back down, just doing the one. But if you finish with a four, it's like, oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> the last thing you want. Yeah. I'm going to be lactic already. Yeah. That's nuts. I, I don't know what that session, what is a, what is it? Oh, so um, you do what well, we did uh, one lap, like one lap rep. Yeah. And then I jogged one lap recovery or floated one lap recovery for all the recoveries. Okay. Um, and then, so yeah, then you go two laps. That's the next oh, rep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes more sense now. Yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> it's like a Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah. yeah like I was Christmas like, tree. what have you been? Okay. Good. I got it. It takes me um, a bit. And then Friday was i think i was just jogging around um saturday i met up with arthur and we did like a hilly tempo around bull's head um what is that like is it uh it's hilly um <laughs> is it how no, it's long not too is bad. The... It, the loops i think 2.7 k's or so okay um and it's kind of a weird loop like you wouldn't naturally pick that's where you should run enough variety in it like it, yeah it feels like it, do it doesn't feel quite like 3k yeah. no yeah absolutely i think you can kind of like there's different kind of segments you can kind of chunk up mm. which um you get past like this point and then it feels like you're you're starting like a new rep almost but or yeah. like you're going somewhere different but um yeah it's good like that um can you get the crown Hold yeah sam hopper <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I did like yeah one lap hot lap because um i don't know starting to taper and stuff so i was like oh i'll just push this one and see how we go um and then just jog the rest with the other guys, which was good. And yeah. then um, today's just been chill. Um, I got on the exercise bike at home because it was raining and I didn't want to go for a run. But um, yeah. When was it raining? Well, oh, this me. morning. Okay. And I don't know. <laughs> I was like, am I, I'm on the same. Normally we don't get hitting God's country in the show. But we <laughs> got absolutely demolished this morning. Yeah. Absolutely right. demolished. <laughs> Classic me thinking Summerhill is everywhere, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, UTA was interesting as well. There was like a bit of a whisper and rumor about um, course changes going around. More rumors. Yeah. So um, I think that they like released a new map yep. um, for a couple of hours or so or minutes, and then they quickly took it down. Um, oh, and it had some some big changes. So I think how can they change the what, what would the rationale sort of be? Oh, with all the rain, um, yeah. the tracks around the Blue Mountains are just like not in good condition, and okay. it's not safe to have nine thousand people running on them. Probably nine thousand. So because yeah, well, wow. over That's all the lot. distances and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but, okay. um, yeah. So there was kind of like that rumor going around, and it still hasn't been confirmed, but um yeah if it they had they do change the course which um well, actually i think they just said in an email that they are, are changing the course but it hasn't been confirmed what course it'll be so mm. um yeah it'll be a lot flatter which is probably good for me and it's still like a run in the blue mountains which 
is fine. Like that's what we signed up for. So, um, yeah, looking forward to it, but yeah, it's interesting. A lot of, um, negativity kind of flying around, um, which was, you have to be adaptable, don't you? With that, what's yeah. how long has it it's been canceled twice? This one hasn't it? Yeah. This is second. Yeah. 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 yeah wow. <laughs> just, just preparing for that, like the amount of work that would go into 50 or hundred K in particular. Yeah. Exactly. Just having to Shift. somehow just have that down period. You normally have all that lull after a race. Normally when there hasn't been a race, then build yourself up to motivate yourself for the next one. It must be, must be difficult. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, um, I'm looking forward to it regardless and hopefully something goes ahead, which would be good. Um, but yeah, not long now. What about you, Smitty? How's your week going? Me, um, it was, it's the last of sort of coming down from the marathon. So I think, um, just jogging around still. So I think Monday, no, that's your week, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> I did 60 minutes easy. So it's all been last, um, last three weeks have all been easy uh, i feel like my body's been given a nice rest but mentally i'm very keen to get back into sessions like very toey i think i talked about it last episode but um yeah ready ready to get back so tuesday was off but i went with mom around breakfast point wednesday was 60 minutes easy um thursday was 60 minutes easy there's not much excitement here is there <laughs> uh friday day off and then saturday it was so there was a mystery session in my program so mm. sally didn't tell me what it was it just you check the program it said mystery session <laughs> um so i tried to i text her on i think it was thursday night me like how do I, how should i prepare for this mystery session <laughs> as in trying to get some information out of it messing with your head yeah <laughs> yeah I, I was like good prep for uta if you're doing yeah it. <laughs> so i needed a, i needed a car so between 6 30 and 9 30 i needed a car that's all i knew <laughs> in case so, your body breaks down yeah <laughs> <laughs> So I was going to go for a run or missing either one. <laughs> um, turned out that it was Wildflower Garden Park Run, which is very hilly in St. Ives. Have you ever done that? I haven't, no. no? I've only done the flat ones, to be honest. I'm okay. Like, so have I until like... the least resistance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dom, you haven't because you hadn't heard of no. it. No. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I, I got there um gone into the national park instantly i thought of lanco and it was like sort of winding down into the car park so i was like this is going to be really hilly um uh it was good but it was incredible well you you basically fly down a hill to start off with and it's um and then obviously got to come back up so i think it was about a k and a half and i already hasn't prepared for anything like i've been running around the bay yeah for yeah for weeks and weeks and weeks so i haven't done anything hilly i think that was one of the things that i needed to work on was getting strength in my legs from doing hills mm-hmm. um but yeah anyway i i think it was about two two k's in and there was like i got there was a little bit of trail section and it was going in circles um, and I got lost and just oh, no. just walking around. And, uh, so I, yeah, I, I was w- looking around and then so I have the worst at best of times, Dom. You know, I don't have a good sense of direction. Like I'm shocking. It took me <laughs> took me thirty minutes to get here when it should have taken, <laughs> taken me five. 
Ah, uh, that's that's <laughs> that's me all over. So, running in circles, and then I managed to get back on the course, but wasn't sure how I got back on there. Um, um, yeah, finished finished it incredibly hilly. Um, but I got to go again next week apparently <laughs> to do it properly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm gonna get lost, but anyway. Uh, th- anyway, that was call it fun. Let's call it fun. <laughs> then today had 90 minutes easy, which was good with um, a lot of the Delta crew um, just around the base. So that was really fun. The, the long runs go a lot quicker when you've got a big group of people, that's yeah. for sure. You kind of just get absorbed in conversation and stuff like that. Which you is do. Good. It's, it's one of the few sessions I can do by myself a long run. Yeah. Like, it's hard to do a proper, you know, interval session with, like, by yourself and motivation yeah, to yeah. go quick and, and push yourself to, to that next level sort of thing. But, yeah, long run I can sort of, sometimes I like company sometimes i like being able to just yeah zone out yeah zone out just switch off and just let your mind wander sort of thing yeah. particularly if you've got a nice scenic route yeah the bay run's like perfect example of that one yeah. of the most scenic yeah. in, in yeah. sydney really <laughs> yeah um, then it's just on your doorstep so yeah yeah no, it's 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 really good it's good yeah yeah i think i thought the charm of the bay run would like wane yeah but it kind of doesn't yeah. which is weird yeah. i was like bloody bay run when you used to live here you're like no nah, we're not going to bay run again <laughs> and i'll be like come on it's fine because his choice was cook's river okay yeah, yeah. which is good but yeah. you know yeah cook's river i think it's um underrated is it? yeah absolutely bit of a hidden gem like no one really runs there too much so yeah well, that's like for me back home locally because i'm with st george athletics we our sort of base is scarborough park it's all like a grass like a cross country sort oh, of course yeah. so you can yeah. get they're, they're undergoing construction at the moment, but I'm amazed at how quiet it always is um, at all times too. Like it, yeah. it's unless unless there's soccer training, AFL training going on at the, the fields because it's just a massive sports hub, but it's like a 3K cross-country loop. Yeah. You can actually cross a couple of roads and just add a couple of Ks to that. Um, so yeah, for a long yeah. run, just three laps of it's fine. And I like soft surface running as well. Yeah. It's just, as you said, like one of those hidden gems where either people haven't disco- discovered it or people prefer just something on the coast where they've got water views. I don't, I don't yeah. know what yeah. it is, but um, yeah, I, I, I love it as a training venue. Yeah. yeah. Um, the only thing it's missing is hills, but mm. yeah, kind of. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We can skip them every now and then. I think <laughs> we need you to go, do more of them. Yeah, we need to do more of them. I think the bay run is very, it's good in the more like early, early mm. or in the, during the week, like, during the week, it's fine. Yeah. But on the weekend. Yeah, it just gets packed. Jockers. Yeah. Every man and their dog. <laughs> Literally, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's actually, that's what you didn't like about it. Yeah, too many people. Too many people. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we'd be doing like a long run session or something. And you're sort of like, and then the bike, the bikes come around. Yeah. yeah. Do they yeah. ring their bell at least? Or no, no, they no, go straight through on the, on the aero the bars. Yeah. 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 yeah, they do. It's like, what are you doing? Kids there, no worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Straight through. <laughs> go to Centennial, please. <laughs> yeah. No, they're, they're, are they all right? Most of them. Yeah, most of them are right. That's right. All right. No. Sorry. Would you, would you cycle around the bay? I don't know. No. But yeah. I, I can I can understand why people like there's a lot of arrogant cyclists out there. Yeah, I can understand why people don't like some of them. <laughs> Only the ones around the bay that try and hit you. That's all good. I'd like to yeah yeah say the disclaimer because we've got a cyclist here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it's um 
yeah, just common courtesy as well when you're having a shared, like when you've got kids, I'm assuming, I've, yeah. I'm, I rarely do bay run because it's not local for me, but I'm assuming yeah. you've got kids on bikes and dogs and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's literally for it's everyone. Packed. Yeah, mm. It's packed, yeah, it's packed. The only, oh, on a joking aside, the only annoying ones are the ones that are like flying and yeah, yeah. on the bike lane and then they sort of give you a bit of hassle because you're running around people. But if there's no one there and I'm jogging in the bike lane, you're kind of like, yeah, move. Yeah. 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 And there's not that many like elite kind of guys going there. I think that everyone kind of knows it's for the community sort of thing. Yeah. 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 But anyway, that's enough on that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my week. I'm getting back into sessions next week. Hopefully um, my program gets uploaded every Sunday. So I'll be anxiously checking what I've got to do. Hopefully get down to Gore Hill um on tuesdays and maybe even track thursdays thursday evenings potentially but we'll um see and then probably going to do canberra as well all oh, right the there's a half marathon half okay yeah um on the that's coming up that's on the sixth so yeah oh yeah yep but um do you know anyone doing it is there anyone uh, not that i know of yeah yeah because it's a it's a new one i think yeah relatively yeah definitely yeah. but anyway nice good stuff yeah all right um what's your athletics background where did you how did you get started in sort of what did you start with running or yeah so when i was a kid um like my parents were strong advocates and i i see the importance of you know when you're young just getting involved in pretty much any and every sport you can so yeah. i did soccer oz tag touch swimming you know, it's just surf life's having nippers a bit of basketball literally everything <laughs> ru running yeah. yeah it's because you know obviously the the skills you develop from sport and the the social element of it like team sport involvement i personally am a big advocate for um early on particularly um particularly for those because you see a lot of young runners want to because they get a bit of success in running you see them want to just pursue that at too young an age at 10 or 11 or yeah. even or 13 or 14 is probably too young to start specializing on any um, um single discipline sport or individual sport mm. or even a team sport just try and you know have a go at everything and just see where your talents lie later on when you're in your late teens but yeah you got a bit of involved in everything like that i guess through school pathway it made it easy like made it convenient to to get involved and discover cross country i remember first time i got taken my dad took me down to scarborough park which was yeah our st george they do a weekly cross country program it's really good for kids as well because um because yeah it's it's sort of that informal introduction it's not nothing too serious nothing too competitive they often do handicap races as well yeah um so that was a good introduction i hated it though I absolutely really? hated it really first. Yeah, because it was sort of, dad took me, I'm like, because I was playing soccer at the time, and mm. I was like, why the hell do people do this for enjoyment? <laughs> <laughs> who, who the hell would enjoy this? It's, I just, it's just putting yourself through pain voluntarily. It was, yeah. yeah. I did cross country very few times when we were doing it at Riverview. No, at, in ages ago, I think it was primary school. And I was like, this sucks. Mm. This actually sucks. I don't know. It was yeah. much later, but sorry to interrupt. I just yeah. thought. Yeah. No, no, it's a good point because. It's terrible. Yeah. It, it, it only took me a bit of success to start enjoying it. So <laughs> yeah. when I was young, it was actually, you know, winning 
you know, the, the school based cross country when I was nine, I got the won the state under nines cross country. And that was sort of from there on, I was like, okay, let's, let's, you know, really do this properly. Yeah. Um, because I had that taste of success. If I didn't have that early success, I don't know if I would have developed my love for the sport because a lot of people probably don't discover their love of it till they're at the age where they can make the choice that that's what they want to do. It's not something that they put their parents put them in and they just do it yeah. um, mm. because, out of convenience or um, because their friends do it. They truly want to do it. Um, yeah, but I guess as I got older, when I had to choose what sports I wanted to do, I couldn't really decide between swimming and running or and nippers as well. Surf lifesaving were my main sort of things. And then when I was 14, started getting to the point where I'm like, well, I have to sort of think about what i want to do because i'm I'm, it's demanding a lot of training like if you wanted to be a swimmer you had to swim 10 times a week if you wanted to be a runner you had to run every day sometimes double sessions if you wanted to be a pure runner and be competitive at it yeah um so yeah that's where triathlon was my decision because i could still have that variety in my training and that be a sport in itself and i've sort it was sort of like um pretty high profile sport time in australia and had a lot of success um and obviously the olympic pathway was something as well that was that extra incentive or motivation to become involved in it um yeah so in a nutshell that's that's basically where where it started and yeah at the moment i'm just sort of at that point you know with full-time work and everything where the motivation does ha- have to come from you and i've, I've sort of since covid um where there's been an absence of competition i realized that for a lot of the time, I think I was motivated by competition going overseas, those trips I had as well. Um, but with the absence of that, yeah, as I said earlier, it's sort of just trying to to experience the benefits of it for what it is, just to get out and enjoy yeah. the fresh air and enjoy, you know, the endorphins, the adrenaline rush that you get from running and exercising in general. So, yeah, we'll see see where we go from here but yeah 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 just i just love everything about all sport i'm i try to get involved in every aspect not just as an athlete do a bit of commentary stuff as well and i've been a bit in a coaching role and obviously a pe teacher so sport sport is my life basically yeah um what's the commentary what do you do oh with with athletics so yeah during uni i did some volunteer hours with athletics new south wales at some of their events and okay. since then yeah got the opportunity to to work at some pretty cool events athletics wise and then beyond that with triathlon and things like that worked at the nationals and and um yeah i've just it's always something i've been interested in you know sort of yeah um mimicking bruce McAvaney and ray warren <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit a bit embarrassing but it was sort of um yeah it was sort of that i always had that passion since i was a young kid just didn't really see an opportunity but i guess i was proactive because i really did want to get involved in it um and then yeah really enjoy doing that and combining that with with my competitive sport as well or with um competing uh, I, I enjoy that balance and having the best of both worlds at the moment yeah so yeah yeah awesome yeah um so what sort of age did you start actually doing triathlon yeah, so 14, like when I was in year nine, I think, it was yeah. sort of, because I always used to do this event, the Australia Day Aquathon down in Wollongong, which was a swim run event. There's not many of them around anymore, but 
it was a good uh, taster into or introduction into the world of multi-sport and a lot of coaches and talent ID people down there looking looking at maybe potential nippers or swimmers and runners like sort of hidden talent to try and get them across the triathlon like I was connected from that event I was connected with a coach uh, Mick Delamotte who is my triathlon coach for a long time based in the Sutherland Shire I was lucky that he was based in the Sutherland Shire because there's not a lot of triathlon groups around and we're starting to see the the struggle with that at the moment of um, for young kids wanting to get into triathlon it's it's hard in some areas of Sydney for them to find that that solid group they're yeah. with very yeah. easy to find a run, run group run very group. easy to find a swim squad yep. cycling um, to an extent depends on depends on what club obviously Ramwick um, cycling club have got a really good junior program in, um, in the eastern suburbs but yeah as a if you want to pursue triathlon there's there's some work to be done to get back to where the opportunities when when i came through um, then mick delamont our my coach was a big big reason for that or a reason why that pathway existed and why a lot of people pursued pursued it for a long time because he invests a lot of time into making sure that work and the opportunities were there yep. um yeah. yeah and what what did um what was the training like back when you started when i was well it's sort of the emphasis was always on just um, making sure you get that balance and not overloading your body too much because obviously training for three sports is a massive yeah. thing. Um, and if you do too much too early, obviously stress fractures is a common injury in runners, common injury in triathletes too, or overdo it too quickly, too young. Um, and that can, that can ruin careers as well if you, if you get too many, too many overuse injuries. Um, from a mental point of view trying to come back constantly from them but i guess mick was always conservative a lot of coaches are conservative now because they have the long-term view in mind of what um what the athletes could do when when it matters the most when they get to senior level competition and even if they don't at least they can train consistently be motivated and not have to sit on the sidelines from injury all the time so i guess i was it was conservative still a lot of training with conservative because it's still three sports right yeah. but yeah um I guess probably more you could over, I could overload more with the bike riding or the bike training because you know that low impact and swimming I've always had a massive base I was um, in the water since I was six months old so <laughs> <laughs> swimming swimming is a is something I already had a base for so doing big K's in the pool um, was not an issue. Is it the most natural swimming? Like swimming it was my strength. Yeah, it yeah. probably isn't right now because I've you know haven't been super consistent with my swim training but for a long time because i had that massive base behind me because a lot of triathletes are you know come from a running background swimming was my was my strength relative to triathletes yeah um for a while there but yeah we're going to pick my running up and and that's that's a great thing about the sport is that you can make your own goals there's so many events to choose from um like what do you reckon? Every every weekend, you've probably got at least two two or three fun runs you could choose from if you really want to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's no shortage of events that you can. There's almost almost too many to choose from sometimes. Yeah. Um, you just get yeah. carried away chasing event after event almost. But um. Yeah. Well, I, I'm one of those people. I like to race a lot. Um, mm. Some people are very selective. Very. 
um, and some junior athletes are getting a bit like that, but I've always been super motivated by races. I love racing and that's what you, that's what I do it for in the end. You know, I, I enjoy my training, but I also like, um, the thrill of the adrenaline, the atmosphere surrounding races, the experience mm. you get. Yeah. Um, you can't get that from training unless, unless you have a massive group all the time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just, just trying to, if you got that big goal in mind, trying to work towards that and picking races that are going to work within that training program to, to set yourself up for that race. Mm. Um, but if you don't have that big goal in mind, then yeah, just trying to race regularly, particularly when you're young, I think you really should just take every opportunity. As long as you're not doing 10K road races when you're 12 years old, things yeah. like that, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, um, shorter, there's plenty of those shorter and kids, kids dash fun run sort of type things that are, mm. that are around and supporting most big community fun run events as well. So yeah. Yeah love racing yeah <laughs> we don't do it enough <laughs> yeah. um what what was so what did the when you were young what kind of what did the actual structure look like can you remember what your weeks were sort of like training like yeah training, training yeah 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 well i'd probably at my peak like when i was training the most for triathlon i would probably say cycling would probably get up to 300k a week yeah. at, at most um running i've probably never done a run week more than 70k yeah ever um just because when i was training the most i was training it was triathlon focused so yep, i yep. sort of doing at the time or just on the conservative side as i said to try and um, prevent injury and then swimming yeah four to five times a week and most sessions would be yeah between four and five k or maybe three k if it's a recovery session but yeah three to five k yeah um for each of those swim sessions four to five times a week so it's a it's a lot of a lot of training when you add it all up yeah. um and you, and you do need to commit a lot of time and energy to it um yeah so i guess that's that's what it was like in my peak but early on with my triathlon it was sort of just sort of skills focus on the bike like i wasn't getting out on the road i was just probably doing twice a week we had like a skill session we got a cycle track at home at at sutherland that's closed circuit that's really good for beginners um just to pick up the skills um of cycling um so yeah not a lot of mileage more just skill base for that running i sort of did my own running but low low mileage and swimming with my squad and the, and the squad's good because it has like surf club people pure swimmers triathletes sort of a mix of different different um, motivations or different people with different goals yeah uh, that are in the same squad so it's it's a tough it's a tough task actually for the coach to try and you know cater for everyone really when sometimes our squad because it's massive it gets up to i think at its peak it got 80 or 90 and at one time like when you right. include masters juniors like in yeah, right. five or six lanes sort of thing so, yeah yeah pretty hectic <laughs> yeah and um the surf life saving um how did that kind of all sort of come about and are you still doing that or how's yeah, it sort still, of progressed I, I love the surf club because mainly because of the social element um it's sort of it's hard to let go of of something like that when it's been such a big part of your life um a lot of people come into the surf club late i mean i mean cronulla surf club have been with it since the under sixes um as an as a little nipper um 
But yeah, it's one of those things where it's really inclusive and there is something for everyone, even if you're not someone who's competitive and wants to get involved in that. The social aspect of it um, is is huge. And for those people who don't want to see themselves pursuing a really competitive pathway or an elite or Olympic pathway in a, in a sport, then you still get the competitive nature and the... Um, the prestige, I guess, from your club and the recognition from your club from doing really well in the surf club, but it's um, just a lower pressure environment, I guess. Not that any sport wants to create a higher pressure environment for anyone, but just the atmosphere of it, just the fact that you're at the beach. Um, like for example, the beach sprinters and the flaggers, like they're, you know, they, they play Day, they do all these other things as well. They, they get involved in the surf club they probably don't want to commit the time on the track to becoming an elite sprinter necessarily um some of them do both don't get me wrong but um, a lot of them would be there as well because they want to be competitive and they still want to do the training but they want to feel like they've got some sort of success without um without having to basically make it full time or make it all consuming and yeah. think about training think about racing you know every minute of every day and yeah the australian championships with all the aussies as it's known is, is sort of the culmination of the season it's always an epic vibe up there you know five thousand plus competitors you know on a week on the gold coast you can imagine what goes on <laughs> um particularly after the event um so yeah no great great um festival and great sort of atmosphere and um everyone gets behind each other as well it's sort of something that i've tried to think like with athletics um, that club culture that exists in surf club it'd be great to have that and to somehow simulate that or bring that across to athletics because in some ways it is a selfish sport um, mm. for obvious reasons individual sport um, but yeah trying to get that team team based or that team focused team first mentality back into it um, to realize you're part of something bigger similar to what us do with the college system mm. um, yeah yeah, I think I think that'll keep a lot of people in the sport, particularly focusing on athletics here. Like recreational running is a different thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see where we go with that. I, I think I think steps are definitely being made to do that. But um, yeah, if we, we want to keep young people in the sport, particularly when I said they get to that age where they're not forced to do it anymore, they are making their own choices. We want them to make those choices because. You know, from the PE teacher and me, I just want to, you want to see people active for their whole lives. So, yeah. yeah. Um, even if they don't want to be competitive. And I feel like a lot of people think that if you don't, you know, what's the point of doing this? What's the point of still um, being a runner unless I'm at the top level? Like, if mm. you've had that junior success, it's easy to fall into that mentality, I think. Mm. Um, but I've seen a few people who, um, and I'm glad to see it that, you know, did get that success as a junior and maybe not as elite as an open athlete, but still, still training, still doing fun runs, still doing all that stuff because there is always something for everyone. That's why it's such an inclusive sport. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. What's it like being a PE teacher? PE teacher. Ups and downs, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I come into class and I, I'm there with them. Like, I literally, the other day, I went, Righto, who's keen for volleyball? And I get this. <laughs> I said, you guys, you've got to match my energy here. Who's keen for volleyball? And, um, yeah. Got a slightly more um, enthusiastic response. But yeah, it's, I guess 
it's good when when the kids get into it it's great and um you know you definitely feel like you make an impact on some kids because it's just making them feel more confident more skilled in a variety of different sports and just basically learn to love physical activity obviously with um technology it's sort of makes it harder to compete with that and yeah. kids are probably not as physically active as what they once were um but it's it's a good job in that every single day is different it's tough and it's emotionally exhausting and um it does it makes it hard to switch off yeah um because of the demands physical and mental demands on teachers now but it's definitely rewarding and that you can see the impact you have on kids you're not going to impact every kid but um yeah I'm, I'm lucky i work at a school with really good support really good staff um kids are kids are even though their motivation might be up and down they're, they're actually really nice genuine kids so um and that's that's the main thing you want as well yeah um, just to try and develop them into good young people and and from my point of view get them involved in in sport i guess i have idealistic expectations as well like i i came in there you know at the end of uni said i'm gonna change the world i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do all these things and i sort of had to be a bit more of a realist as well and thinking hang on maybe not maybe not everyone loves fitness as much as me yeah. <laughs> everyone loves sport as much as me I know. No, i've got to yeah. accept that <laughs> it seems like a lot of kids do love sport though like i can remember yeah. at school you ask like someone or what's your favorite thing to do at school and they say oh lunchtime and they say well, what's your favorite subject time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that's okay yeah, usually so yeah 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 i think yeah it's it's, pro it's probably shifting a bit more um changing a bit since we went to school but yeah definitely sporty so it's that outlet for them as well if they're sitting in the classroom for a lot of periods of day obviously i teach the theory side as well the health health side but um when you do have them out for practice i think they appreciate that time um to you know be kids and it's good it's sort of that playtime for them structured organized play where mm. they can develop their confidence and skills in a non-threatening environment which you know they don't always get the opportunity to and, and to discover and try new things that they probably never would have tried outside of school mm. um because of whether whatever the barrier might be whether it's time or the parents um not being able to get them there or cost whatever the barrier is in schools it's sort of particularly because i work in a state system then it's um it gives that equal opportunity to everyone mm. and you, you can see the difference a lot of the time with kids confidence level as you move through the year but yeah it is exhausting yeah to be honest it is exhausting some days do you reckon um yeah. uh you, you learned like anything about um your sport in in studying PE to become a teacher and the content kind of behind it or um i probably learned because you know some things we do at uni are sort of coaching oriented because it was a pe health phys ed degree um i guess the main thing is how to motivate different personalities motivate mm -hmm. different individuals and realize that when a kid or a student's behaving a certain way then there's not there's a lot of underlying reasons why that might be or why is this kid disengaged i guess um and how do you get the best out of them how do you understand what's going on how do you get the best out of them in different circumstances because there are in more so now than ever there's so many diverse needs 
um, and backgrounds that kids come from, whether it's home life, have not, you know, there's a lot of things going on at home that are preventing or impacting their mood, impacting their motivation, and we've got to we've got to deal with that and sort of try to get the best out of them and help them have that safe space at school, which is also a big thing. Mm. Um, I guess understanding kids and how they learn is probably the biggest thing at uni. Obviously you get the, how to structure lessons and things, you know, how to make it, how to create drills and modified games that uh, differentiated so you suit um, kids of different abilities because obviously, you know, you got your kids who play rep soccer and your kids who, never kicked touch a ball in their life yeah. in the same class yeah because it's not graded in pe so um it's one of those things where you're trying to cater for every one of them is a challenge but definitely definitely achievable um mm. and through it's it's through experience more than anything like you can only get so much out of your degree that i learned more on my two weeks of prac than i did in six months at uni because yeah you're forced to learn on the job this is what it is you know you gotta you gotta survive there and, what, and and try to think on your feet a lot. What was the variant? What what did um the two weeks teach you versus the like? What did you think was drastically different? Well, you just just reflecting on like the tiniest thing that if you're not hundred percent prepared when you're first when you're not experienced, then or you're not super confident in what you're delivering, then the kids pick up on that. Mm. Um, and you know the whole lesson can be derailed because of mm-hmm. one thing you did wrong or how you didn't you start the lesson a bit late or you didn't engage them straight away or you um or it was too challenging or too easy because kids get bored when it's too hard they also get bored when it's too easy so there's a lot of there's a lot of things you, ne- you need to think about really but yeah um but it, you only do it through experience because you think like if you feel at the end like that was a rubbish lesson then that's when you're forced to think well i don't really want to feel like that again how do i improve yeah whereas it's sort of when you're in a lecture theater you're just sort of passively listening and going oh that's interesting yeah cool, cool. <laughs> yeah right. now i see yeah. when because I, I sometimes i go to marrickville library and you see the kids watching the lecture and then yeah. just on their phone <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. you know the, like well, the, it's, it's that thing of like it's amazing isn't it like like even when we're beyond school and we're doing something we're interested in like at lectures because we're not actively engaged in it a lot some lectures are really good but because we're not actively engaged in they're not having that discussion they're just talking to us um it's easily easy to be disengaged so i guess that's where you think as a teacher don't just talk to the kids to actually try to involve them as much as possible and ask questions and um, get them standing up and moving different parts of the room, doing different things. Um, and, and that's the other, that's the other challenge. What works with one class perfectly can completely fail and blow up in your face with, the, with another class <laughs> at the other end. With so. different kids and different yeah, dynamics. Yeah, well, different, you know, if they're respectful and responsible enough to have a intellectual discussion as opposed to, you know, others. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it at others. Um, <laughs> you know who <yeah>. you are. <laughs> You're listening. <laughs> so how do you? Oh, de- <laughs> how do you deal with the different? Per- I imagine you can't teach how to different deal with different personalities. Like, as in mm-hmm. at uni, you'd probably get there and figure out. Oh, this kid's kind of like yeah, this. Experience. Or, yeah, experience. Like, like you learn the theory at uni. What do they but- teach you? Like. 
Um, well, stages of development, you know, different, um, you know, how the brain develops at different life stages and how kids develop at different rates and all that sort of thing. And um, activating prior knowledge. So when a kid knows something, you tap into that, try to get them to see the significance or relevance of what you're teaching them. Because if they see the relevance, then they're able to connect to their, to their prior knowledge. So mm. there's all sort of research around that on how to remember, how kids remember information, um, learning styles as well. Everyone's tends to be more like hands-on kinesthetic or, or a visual learner rather than just, you know, writing down things or just being spoken to, um, having multimodal. So you have images or visual stimulus, you have your written stuff whilst you're speaking as well. Um, just to try and cater for all those things because you'll have different learning needs as well kids with that need learning support in your in your class um, and then at prac with with PE it's a whole different um, ball game again you know so and, and then if a kid's injured yeah, it's it's a whole um, yeah geez yeah it's a lot there's a lot to it. if you want to do it properly um, and you want to feel like you're doing a good job then there's a lot to it yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it sounds like it geez yeah um, what do we remember from PE? God, that's, a, that's a thing. Like when I went to school, I'm like, oh, PE teacher, how, how hard could it be? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, and that, that's what they that think. That's quite difficult. That's a, that's a thing. And I cop it all the time from my, from people I work with. Those who, those who can't do yeah. teach, those, those who can't teach, teach gym. I'm like, yeah, good on, good on you. You take this class. <laughs> See how you go. Um, yeah. I can remember, um, like year 11 and year 12 PE was actually pretty interesting. Um, I thought yeah. compared to like the rest of it, like you were, and I think that like you said before that um, sort of prior learning and engaging that, like being a runner, I was kind of interested in. All well, actually I probably do it with my seniors more than anything. Cause yeah. you know, we hammer into them that you've got to use specific examples for any written question. And so they're talking about, um, say we're talking about biomechanical principles you know fluid mechanics or something and they talk about synchronized swimming i'm like why are you talking about synchronized swimming how, how much experience have you got in that so tell me something that you actually know something about already yeah so then they can see the relevance of it like i got a lot of rugby league sort of kids in in the class and yeah it's um <laughs> just just trying to get them to realize you know you already know a lot of this stuff. This is just said in a fancy way and you just need to be able to articulate it and go in the enough depth. You yeah. know it already from the sports you do on the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you're 100% right with that. Mm. But yeah, I felt like um, learning the theory behind like, I don't know, the different energy systems or whatever was yeah. like interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we as as runners, as athletes see it because it's, it's our everyday. Like mm. I was so interested in all that because it was a big part of my life. Yeah, if if you're involved in sport, it'd be hard to um, see why you wouldn't be engaged in that sort of thing. But mm. yeah, that's true. I remember when Dom you recommended a book when I started training for marathon, and it goes into like a lot of the yeah the different energy systems, and that was when I first got my head around how to train the different systems yeah. as well. Well, you become more informed with your own training as well. So you're not just yeah. passively listening to a coach. You're actually able to question what you're doing yeah. mm. and th and maybe think or suggest things to them. And they think, yeah, you know what? Fair enough. Because it's supposed to be that two-sided conversation when, yeah. you, when you have a coach as well. It's not supposed to be do as I say and just do it without understanding why. Yeah. Um, 
if you're a kid you sort of accept it but yeah you know at, at our age it's you know if you think hang on what what's the reason doing that either ask a question or suggest something and think um i mean yeah just becoming more informed so you know that you're getting the best out of yourself um because i never understood the concept of why would you have an easy day mm. like what's what's the point of an easy day <laughs> yeah yeah you know now you understand the energy systems and um you know how it takes your body a certain certain time to recover to get those physiological adaptations to actually get fitter yeah then then you realize and you see a lot of people quoted a lot of elite athletes saying you know recovery is that that thing that separates the competitive from the elite because they don't value or they don't put as much emphasis on the recovery because they think it's wasted time um they yep. think they're going to get the benefits from training but they're not going to get those adaptations to to get fitter after you know a hard session or a hard block of training mm. yeah. um, without that appropriate rest time it's not just just sitting down on the couch it's that massage it's that it's you know getting your eight to ten hours sleep and your hydration that all contributing to recovery yeah mm. you're right i remember before i knew what easy was i'd kind of think that's <laughs> oh, fine i can just do you know like don't worry about that it's so funny how maybe it's just me you fall into the trap of thinking you know better until you actually find out more information yeah. i'm just like no nah, i won't train like that <laughs> um, yeah but again like it was like our, when we we're talking before about eating and nutrition and yeah it's you don't you don't want it to become that chore as well you still want yeah. to be able to do what you need to do but have those times where you can you know sort of relax a little bit mm. and not be as strict with your eating habits yeah um, for sure i think um indulge in a bit of bit of uh, chocolate bit of takeaway a bit of chocolate whatever yeah whatever your go-to is yeah. yeah i'm glad i learned like put a bit of emphasis on learning the specifics before I got a coach because mm. I feel like when um, Sally programs things at least I can have a little bit of information around it and sort of say oh this makes sense because we're doing threshold this day and if I didn't do that before I'd kind of just be like okay yeah, even though yeah. I am like okay because obviously I trust what yeah Sally... but trust is important yeah but, yeah. but, but I like understand, understand yeah. okay this makes sense um, and it was good seeing the difference in what I was doing before mm. Um, to what I got programmed and then see the improvement and be like, okay, that makes sense. We were, mm. we were varying it, doing bigger sessions, all these sorts of things. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it is interesting actually. That's the one, biggest thing I struggled with at uni was not seeing the relevance mm. to what I was studying because I had mm. no practical experience. Mm. So I did IT and I was, um, you know, you're in all these classes and it's like, oh, this is terrible. I, I, I don't like it. But then I got into industry in telco, for example, and I got drawn back into it because I understood like, oh no, this information is really you valuable. You wish they, because you probably would have invested more time if they made it clear what the relevance of at the time when you well, were- Well, yeah, I'm like, yeah. no, this is actually like, that's a router and this is this does mm. this and it makes sense because when you're working, that's mm. relevant information. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's mm. fascinating. Mm. Um, but I don't know you're right like i learned more i definitely learned more working at, in job. sales at jb hi-fi like in a month than i did in my whole and it was yeah. like it's not even <laughs> you know what i mean because i learned how to talk to people i learned yep. how to ask questions so all those stuff. soft skills as well yeah that you yeah. can do with everything yeah. yeah um so it's interesting well there's not many jobs at the moment you can get away with you know not being able to interact or communicate 
effectively or understanding that that social or emotional intelligence that yeah. people take for granted as well like there's not many jobs where you can just sit at a desk and never talk to people <laughs> no. like what jo- what job involves that that's what i was hoping Nothing. for at uni because that's what i was being prepared for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like um yeah i don't know there it's hard as well because people like i was pretty shy and like not wanting to interact but you really have to engage mm. with your shoots and stuff i don't know what it's like i studied a while ago i imagine it's pretty similar though oh it would be <laughs> yeah but yeah. anyway um <laughs> anyway training <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm curious what your um at your sort of peak training for triathlon what's the actual cycling training like because i'm i just don't know i don't have any insight yeah. into it um well i guess it depends on the time of year you're in obviously yeah. when you're in your base phase or when you're just trying to build that aerobic base you just you're just sticking the legs over it's literally just all aerobic yeah um the efforts you might do might be hill reps and when i say hill reps it's sort of like um eight to ten minute climbs at just tempo low gear so just or sorry yeah hard gear but low cadence so you're just trying to build that glute quad strength um because that strength will form the basis of when you want to do your power work which you can't have power without strength mm-hmm. so that's sort of um part of that part of that base phase um but it's predominantly aerobic it's um like our rides like our long ride would be 90 to 100 k's that was our sort of sunday morning long ride um the rest of yeah the other ones were sort of anywhere between rarely would go out for less than an hour ride less than 30 k's that was sort of a short ride um but yeah the rest of the the rest of the week was between one or two hour rides Mm. um aerobic during that that base phase then when it started to come more towards competition season um you'd start to do some efforts um whether it's four minutes on at sort of race tempo one minute off depending on what sort of race it is we tried to mimic the demands of the course because i was doing draft legal racing um different courses have different levels of intensity so sometimes it won't just be steady state well a lot of times in draft it won't just be steady state because it's technical you need to surge a lot you spike the heart rate you come back down you spike the heart rate come back down not really like running at all where people their objective unless you're a 1500 or middle distance runner where the surges come back down a lot of people try to go for time so they're trying to do the even keep that heart rate steady and keep it even for as long as possible but the reality of um cycling is if you're just trying to stay with the pack you're not going to keep steady state and go off the front and cop the wind and mm. do extra work that way you want to just sit in sit in and then when the spike or the surge comes being able to go to that different energy system being yeah. able to put the power through get lactic for a bit and then go back to race pace after being lactic so mm. we'd sort of look at the course look at where the hills are look at where the u-turns are and try to simulate um simulate sessions that met the demands of that course so if we say we had you know thir- sometimes it'd be we think there's 32 10 to 15 second power spikes in a 20k bike leg based on the amount of corners there were yeah um or where we thought the surges we'd have to get out and surge we do that in training we get 15 seconds on then 45 seconds back to either tempo or race pace spike it again bring it back spike it again um and try to go a little bit beyond what you would do in a race so that 
you're physiologically ready, you're mentally confident that you can cope with those demands. Um, and I miss, I miss the mark a lot as well. Um, cause bikes, that, that thing that I've been, that's my weakness and the new, the new thing to me. Um, but there's been a few times that when it does pay off when you do see the relevance and the re- and you reap the rewards and you do stay with that pack and you do feel comfortable so that you can run, you can run feeling relatively fresh, mm. then it's always, always a good feeling. So yeah, it depends on what time of the season, as I said, you know, I would do up to 300 K obviously, cause I was doing you when I was at my peak training, I was balancing uni as well, but mm. I was lucky that my uni degree didn't have a hell of a lot of contact hours when you compare it to, to engineering or law or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it sort of dependent on what, what time of the year you're in, but, um, yeah, but wouldn't, wouldn't do any more than two hard sessions, I guess yeah. in that week, the rest were just sort of filling easy rides, just getting those or conditioning the legs with that aerobic base. And what's S- similar to running, like you have those filling runs, yeah. um, you know, either side of your track or your, your effort sessions similar sort of concept what um energy systems do you have is it different when you're cycling in terms of zone how do you gauge it well i guess for a because 20k ride is just under 30 minutes normally so if you if you think of it like a 10k or just under 10k um but in a 10k you're not going to be doing all those power spikes where you're going to feel lactic yeah Um, people are not going to really put surges on even in a tactical 10k they're not going to really put surges on until the second half of the race the first half is whereas it's a lot different cycling in a draft legal environment um because you're trying to break away from a pack like there's always the strongest cyclists the weaker runners Mm. who are trying to break away and the reason they where they do that is where that week where they are more likely to do it they're not going to do it on a long stretch of road they're going to do it out of a U-turn, up a hill, more technical section through a narrow part where it strings out so people have to work hard to get back on and hopefully get to the point where they've burned all their matches and they uh, they can't, like, they're lactic. They just yeah, they got them. too much lactic built up to yeah. be able to go again yeah. and again. So it's, it gets yeah. real tactical. Yeah, it's really yeah, tactical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really tactical. Yeah. Um, that's why people look at, a, look at people's run times off the bike and go, you know geez that was that was a bit average and but if you're not there and you don't actually see how the race played out you don't really know like how the quality of that run what it was like yeah um yeah so there's a, a, so many variables it's amazing and it's a, it, like until you do it you really develop an appreciation for how dynamic and how um that's why the race results often change a lot in triathlon compared to running because where the swim is are you doing a beach start mm. you, is it choppy is it flat lake or is it choppy surf like mm-hmm. suits different people what's the bike like is it flat long straight road not very technical mm. suits a certain type of cyclist um who's in the race who's around that person's ability and who can work together in a pack will that bring the weaker cyclist up or not there's all these things that come into it um and then ultimately affecting how what level of fatigue you are at the start of the run because often you'll see the fresh runner someone who's got like a minute quicker 5k pb fresh if they're 
um, got a deficiency or a lack of skill on the bike, then they will have to work a lot harder and all of a sudden someone who's a minute slower over 5k fresh will beat them on the run because yeah because they've either been worked smarter and been more tactical or are more technically um, capable or better when that better in that lactic acid system or that anaerobic zone Mm. um, during those 10 15 second power spikes that, that happen on a technical bike course so yeah, there's a lot to it. Yeah, it's really, yeah, that's it's really interesting. Yeah. Um, the uh, so what are the actual distant race distances? Because this is the level of my knowledge so about So most of most of my distances, or most of mine was seven sprint distance, so seven fifty swim, twenty k bike, five k run. Yeah. Um, and also did Olympic. What's traditionally Olympic distance, but there's a whole debate on whether it will stay. Oh really? So they know. just call it standard distance now. Um, so it's a double, so 1500 swim, 40 K bike and 10 K run. Right. Okay. So, what do you yeah. run off the bike? Like what's, yeah. What's, what's my best? Yeah. 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 For 5 K, I think I, on a true 5 K, there's been a couple of quick <laughs> runs that have been short. So I'm not gonna <laughs> um, probably like a 15, 40 ish, a 5 K wow. off. That's wild. That's nuts. Yeah. But that was sort of a not too taxing bike legs, so sure. I was able to go pretty close to to fresh, um, or what I would run fresh. Mm. Um, yeah, there's been a couple of I'd like to claim it, but a couple of sub 15s, but they're short, <laughs> <laughs> and every, everyone everyone's gone quick. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's tough though, like. I did, I've done one sprint distance triathlon a long time ago. And, when was um, that? When was that? Uh, first year out of school. Okay. okay. Um, a while ago. Yeah. Me and um, my friend, Chris um, Best, he right. got right into it. And um, yeah, I, I, I was like an 18 minute 5k guy and I ran 22 minutes off the bike or something like that. And yeah, the, fir- the yeah. first one you do, it's like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's so weird. Yeah. No, it's a horrible feeling first up. <laughs> if you haven't sort of done sessions and brick sessions are another thing to try and teach your mm. legs on how to run fatigue because mm. you run you, you sort of run different as well like your, your leg speed you're more reliant on leg speed rather than some people are more rely on their power it helps yeah. the new super shoes now because it, oh, yeah, like I can imagine. Efficient. <laughs> yeah um so you don't have to put as much power through the ground to get that return mm. Um, so technology has definitely helped there, but, mm. um, it's weird though. Like you can't really compare it to anything in running cause yeah, you can't not even cross country. You, you think like a good cross country runner should be good running off the bike, but that's really, uh, there's, there's more to it than that. It's not just mm. strength-based running. Um, there's a, there's a proper adaptation to coming straight off. It's very specialized. Yeah. yeah. Very specific. Yeah. Um, different muscles on the bike and, and a lot of people think it's it's more just about getting stronger and smarter on the bike rather than just doing more runs off the bike as well some people just think oh let's just do more brick sessions but mm. a lot of the time it's the reason your run's not good is because you're not as strong on the bike mm. get stronger on the bike get better in that lactic acid system oh. then you're fresher so you can run closer to your 5k pb on the track yeah right so right makes yeah, sense few. you get confused mixing the two up yeah. essentially mm. yeah did you do much brick stuff or 
Did a bit. Um, again, that's something that's more closer to competition season or closer to races that you do. Um, you wouldn't do it all year round because um, you've, you've got a different focus. But yeah, um, yeah, definitely something. And I, I like to do just a lot of local, whether it's a club race or something like that as mm. my brick session, just because yeah. it's sort of a low-key environment just to be able to try different things. And, mm. and sometimes like in our races, they'll normally in a 5K run straight off the bike, they'll absolutely bolt it for a K just to try and even put more lactic in people and then slow right down into a, into a sort of almost a tempo and hopefully broken some people. So that's what you practice. You'd simulate those things, just hammer it for a K, even if it hurts, knowing that it's going to become more comfortable later. And sometimes it's a weird thing because you actually get, you feel like your running legs come back later in the race. Mm. Like if you're conditioned, right? Yeah. Um, Sometimes the first K feels the worst because you're going from cycling legs to running legs and um, you're using slightly different muscle groups as well um, in trying to, switch your glutes on or recruit glutes which is sort of fatigues the because it's a bigger muscle group it takes longer to fatigue um that's always a challenge as well um yeah so what uh what would the run sessions like typically um in some of your run I, yeah. the run sessions for triathlete would be very similar to a run session for six one k your staple yeah bread and butter sort of stuff yep um again close to competition season you'll you'll do things and similar depends what you're training for if you're training for something on the track where you, you'll do your you'll want to do those that speed work as well um and just in case it gets to the point where you need to break your rhythm because it's not all rhythm running in triathlon um you'll do like try to get yourself a bit lactic do a 400 at sort of you know your 800 to 1500 pace which is pretty getting to lactic mm. and then go into a, a a mild tempo or something and then then spiking like just doing intervals like that where you break it up mm. yeah um depending on what you expect of that race if you're doing a 10k and just and eat just keeping even pace maybe a descend or a pyramid it, it changes depending on um where your strengths lie and what what time of season you're in as well um and what what you're coming up whether it's a sprint or a standard distance if you're a standard distance you're sort of doing more steady state trying to just hold that tempo or maybe get a little bit quick with your reps towards the back end um yeah because that's that's something that it's normally whoever's second half of the race is closest to their first half is normally normally wins the race because normally everyone can go a pretty similar tempo the first two three k but once once it hits the wall it depends on who's able to hold their form under pressure mm. who's able to sort of withstand that fatigue the longest mm. um and be efficient towards the back end um, and that, that's what you focus on in training just trying to hold your form so that when you hit the wall you don't go from three minute k's to four minute k's you might go from three minute k's to 330 so you're not you're not hitting the wall as drastically <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so you might not lose 20 positions you might <laughs> just a few yeah um, it's interesting because like the sprint distance takes what like an hour would be like at a pretty elite time yeah then, just under an hour for or well, draft league because the bike's a lot quicker yeah you're getting closer to 
early 50s because the bike is dramatically um, a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, and then like on the course as well. Two hours or so for the yeah. standard. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it doesn't feel that long though because you, cause your mind's always occupied. Mm. It's not like running where if you're doing a steady state, like that 10 on the track we did, it sort of it feels like forever, doesn't it? Absolutely. But, yeah. but it's because of the environment you're in you're just trying to click over the laps and try to do consistent pace. Whereas if you're focusing just on the, it's a testament to the, the importance of just um, breaking things down into segments just for your own mental sanity, I guess, during a, a longer race. Um, just focusing on this next couple of K, right? Or just focusing on this next lap, whatever it is. Um, because there's so many uh, variables and so many changes pace changes whatever it is um it makes it easy to keep your mind active so it doesn't feel like it's as long mm. um yeah i don't know it, it doesn't feel like eternity <laughs> for some reason because yeah. yeah like i guess like an hour or 50 minutes or so that's kind of getting towards like a half marathon kind of equivalent yeah like it's yeah yeah you, you because like swimming um because you're doing three legs i guess i don't know mm. but it like when you think of it like that's a that's a long time to be you know getting your heart rate at the top of your aerobic zone yeah. which is essentially what you're doing on average mm. um it's a long time to do that yeah but um yeah because i've never i never you know put my head around doing a marathon for example but you yeah. you you're not far off it with an olympic distance triathlon in time like mm. length of time you're out on the course yeah but also i think about doing a 5k and it's like tough really tough but you mm. would be going i imagine into that same zone on the swim and the bike and then you got to run a fast 5k yeah. yeah so it's like yeah probably very painful yeah <laughs> yeah it's um I guess I've been lucky as well, like the swim being my strength, I've always sort of been able to be fairly aerobic in a swim yeah. um, compared to some others who have their weakness in a swim who are just trying to survive and just stay with, stay in contact with the group so they've got a pack to ride with. Hmm. Um, I've been lucky in that way that the swims sort of just get it done. So it's just been a bike run race. Yeah. Like as long as you don't do anything stupid and mess it up completely. Hmm. Um, yeah, might not be the same now. <laughs> I've got to get get my um, get my swim K's back in to be able to get back to that level. But um, it's right, summer's coming. Yeah, summer is coming. <laughs> Motivation will it be coming? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you following? Do you follow um, any of the Ironman stuff, or like you into it at all? Yeah, I follow it a bit, mainly because I've, I've raced all those guys coming through and. Um, yeah, I followed a bit, not religiously, I must admit, because it's it's one of those things. It's hard because it's not on free to air. Um, it's not convenient to follow all the time. Mm. Like a lot of it's just a streaming platform. Like Triathlon Live is where the World Triathlon Series or the World Championship Series is um, is broadcast. Um, yeah, but I, I follow because I'm on all the socials. I see all the updates and I know what's coming up with major events and and the Ironman stuff, the long course. Like they've just had Hawaii and that. That's um, that's a whole other thing mentally. Trying yeah. to get your head around that. Couldn't couldn't do what that. What are they running? They it's not in the smashed. There was a record got smashed, didn't it? Yeah, they yeah. broke the record. The two wow. Norwegians at the that's front. That's it was yeah. an insane. What was the marathon? T I remember. 
someone from work was telling me the marathon was like two in the heat i don't know what it was it was like a 235 yeah 236 and i'm like yeah how could you after yeah crazy but they um the norwegians smashed the record yeah there's um so a guy from down my area craig alexander who's won it oh yeah won it three times is sort of you know good good training partner sometimes with running and and he's like he was the goat but he he admits admits now like with this new era coming through he's just like the competition's just gone to another level like it's just like because all these short course guys who've got the speed and now started to got now starting to get the mileage in their legs to be able to do it um and they've got mental toughness like those norwegians that christian blumenfeld is the olympic champion from tokyo Mm. um just so gutsy like incredible like talk about desire or the want to that will to win Mm. you know it's it's amazing watching how much pain they're happy to put up with for such a long time yeah (laughs) i'm trying to get my head around how that would work but can't do it <laughs> no desire to uh, particularly no, <laughs> not anywhere in the near future i'd, I'd, pro- I'd consider doing just a ticket off as yeah. sort of a bucket list done an iron man yeah um but that's about it because mm. there's such a long stretch of road and it's they call it the lava fields a tough period where it just gets ridiculously hot and humid and there's no even wind chill to cool you down mm. again not from experience from what they <laughs> um but yeah they've it's incredible for them to be able to mentally get through that period. Imagine Ned, what's his last? Brockman. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can imagine he would have had a few of those moments in his 4,000-kilometre yeah. journey across the country. We would, if he yeah. doesn't get Australian of the Year, then I'm leaving the country. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I love it too <laughs> We were talking about that. That's that's a... I'm in, yes. That's, on, that's in it's, its own sort of or something yeah. i don't know <laughs> it's not there's the other bloke um it's ridiculous it's a big run mileage that he did every day for 40 days a big weekly yeah. run mileage <laughs> i know that's yeah. every day it's insane because someone from the outside who doesn't run would be like that's crazy but then or every single runner is like that's like exact same response yeah it's yeah well yeah you know when people say oh that's crazy you do 100 k's a week yeah or whatever it is whatever it is yeah. Yeah. They, they think everything's crazy <laughs> but i know people like i went to school with um um there's a couple of people i went to school with who are now you know not the most um active people in school but now i've started to get right into running and they're they're doing more k's than me and they're you know, their Strava's coming up on their Insta stories. I'm going, bloody hell, I need to pick up my act here. I'm a bit lazy. Um, yeah, but it, it's good to see, like, people people experiencing getting into running and realising that, you know, something that you don't have to have a, not, a lot of natural talent for. You can you can start from pretty much anywhere and be half decent with, with, a, with a big work ethic, can't you? Yeah, I think it takes sure. you a long way, for yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um, particularly like those longer distances yeah um, maybe over 1500 it's a bit hard but diff- like 10k's or 5k's even plus really it's um yeah you, there's a lot of people like with any sort of aerobic capacity whatsoever mm. like if you put a bit of work in consistent um work specific work then yeah you can do some pretty cool things yeah mm. for sure 
Um, last thing I was curious about in from a training perspective is what your diet was like when you were training. Was was it pretty specific or something you thought well, about? Well, I, I never, I've never thought too hard about diet, but I, there was one point where I was, I went to see a dietitian because part of the elite athlete program at Sydney Uni, like they gave us all these free access to all these support services, one of which is a dietitian. Yep. Um, I never really used them. I thought, well, you know, my last year uni, I might as well use it, see what, yeah. see what they have to say about my typical week because I've had a few, my coach and a few others saying, you know, are you like one like my parents saying I eat too much purely because the grocery bills like ridiculously <laughs> high? And apparently, I eat ninety five percent of it, which is a massive exaggeration. But anyway, um, yeah, it's funny. I yeah. moved out from my girlfriend, and she said the grocery bill's gone down significantly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Dad calls me a scavenger. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's um. It's one of those things though, I don't, um, I haven't really, yeah, I haven't really put too much thought into it, but she basically said, if anything, I should be having more. Like I thought I was eating a lot. So like I've, some days, like when I was training three times a day, I would like have three lots of five wheat bix And I, like, <laughs> and every time I tell people that, they're like, the hell you're insane. <laughs> um, but I've never looked any different. Like my builds always say the same, like, um, because I'm, um, and if anything, I'm not eating enough. Like I've always considered myself and other people think of me as a big eater, but um, for the amount of um, training you do, you'd be surprised at how much, um, how much uh, kilojoules you're actually burning mm-hmm. um, when you exercise. Um, obviously it takes, it's not just length of time, but the intensity level as well, higher intensity than you're depleting more. But yeah, like, like I said, what I think, and I said, I've been told I've had way too much milk in the day. I've had told I've had too, I ate too much bread. And this is like, the only thing is I would say, well, I think you actually need a little bit more than two. Like maybe the only thing would be just to replace some of those food sources with a different, um, a different food source from that same nutrient group. So instead of bread, you know, actually having pasta for lunch or something, a different right. type of carbs sure, rather sure. than just having bread just 15 like slices of bread in the day or whatever it is. <laughs> um, so yeah that's the, that's the only time i've really seen a dietitian um but yeah it'd be good to good to revisit that as well considering i'm not training as much as what i what i was during uni just to see where my current eating because i've noticed i am eating less still eat a fair bit but eating less than what I was when I was um, training at my peak in terms of the hours and, and mileage done across the three sports. So, hmm. yeah, I definitely definitely worthwhile investment is what I think. Um, all those all those little things. If you're looking to get from to the from the competitive to the elite level, or you you sort of you think that your training is only um, you can't really get much more out of your training, then yeah, focus on that on nutrition massage hydration rest recovery just all those things that people neglect quite mm. often because mm. um, that could be the difference in, in getting that next level the, yeah that next bit out of yourself what about um gym are you much of a i've gone yeah i've gone to, through periods of motivation and not like i've always done stuff that's convenient i've never because the nature of my sport i don't need to be lifting i don't need to be power lifting or doing anything heavy I just need to be doing sort of muscular endurance stuff localized. 
um, strength work or functional strength work, but it's with sort of free weights at max, that's it. Um, my physios try to build me up to the point where I've, I've just been, haven't been disciplined enough, I'll be completely honest, with actually doing it consistently. And that's the thing, I know it's important and I know I should be doing it, but I, I just... I neglect it. I just, I just. Does that think, sound familiar? <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing though, because you know it's a dip. Yeah, because my coach used to drill it into me all the time and just, you know, say that this is the step to injury prevention and and how you get from. How you get from, yeah, that competitive to elite level, and this is how I can up your mileage because if you are functionally strong and I'm confident that. Because part of it is not just building strength, it's injury prevention. Because mm. you move better mechanically. So if you're able to do that and withstand that amount of force and have those good movement patterns, then you're able to withstand more impact. You can do more Ks in the run without that risk of injury. Because mm. you move well, right? You're not using muscles that you sort of... Uh, smaller muscles or not overloading smaller muscles when you should be recruiting your glutes the whole time you're not um you know even with um proprioception or the way your foot lands around little things like that a lot of the things the cause of it is insufficient strength in your glutes or some of those major muscle groups hmm. um so yeah i know it's important i need to get better at it hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um yes the other one is like gear i think triathlons are mm. pretty gear heavy sport yeah, um, it is. what are you it is very rolling around with at the moment yeah <laughs> yeah um well my bike's collecting dust at the moment <laughs> Cervelo. um got a Cervelo s3 um which is sort of you know, a reliable bike sort of four or five grand but it's it's that's good. not too bad for bikes no it's it? not too bad but it's something it's pretty durable and it does a job for my level of racing yeah i'm not because time trial bikes which you can use on non-drafting which are the really aerodynamic looking frames um with the time trial bars at the front and the, and the um the aerodynamic helmets as well some people get with that obviously that's a lot, a lot more expensive some of them are like 20 grand those bikes um, wow that's probably a main expense but it's also the ongoing bike it's all to do with the bike so the equipment or the maintenance costs i guess of servicing it every because they say you should service it every four to six months but if you Jeez. ride regularly you should service it every three um wow. if you're doing a fair few k's um that's probably the main expense and also triathlon there's not a lot of local races so you're always traveling mm. um, you're always going into state um, and obviously there's a lot of expenses with that um you know flights accommodation everything to do with that whereas running there's a lot of major running events that you can do in sydney so you're not traveling for a lot of races really unless you get to the really elite level mm. um yeah, you know extra baggage costs and things like that entry fees are quite big for triathlon so like now the cheapest you can get for a sprint distance race is probably hundred dollars for wow. a sprint distance race <laughs> so um yeah every race you do that'll that'll add up just because it's it's getting harder for event organizers to put on races now just to close the roads and all the permits they have to get mm -hmm. to to put on put on events is actually there's a lot of hoops they have to jump through more so than what they would have had to 
five or ten years ago because um, obviously some because a, a big thing is trying to boost the local economy and bring tourists to the area but nuts a lot of these country areas where they've traditionally held races have got enough people now and they don't really need to boost the tourism as much and, yeah right and you know people very stuck in their routine so like if if you're going to put on a race and it's going to stop bill and jean from going down the road and getting their getting their sunday morning newspaper and their coffee and all of a sudden these bikes are going past and they've closed the roads or they they can't get to their house they have to park somewhere that's you know that makes them walk a couple of hundred meters and you know can't have that <laughs> that's bill and jean bill and jean whoever it is um yeah but it's there's a lot of barriers now to putting up again with running running it's the same for those but i guess you've got the numbers in running you can cater you can have a lot more people on a run on a course for a half marathon than you can for a triathlon mm-hmm. because of the safety element of the bikes and things like that and not using the same part of the road for the run course and the ride course so you have to use more road um because they used to have an event like they used to have a world championship series event this is close to when i first started triathlon that went over the bridge oh, really? or there was through sydney harbour not sure actually if it went over the bridge one the mass participation race or the age group race went over the bridge i'm pretty sure um through sydney harbour but then the elites like the best in the world were sort of zooming around the circular key sort of area mm. um yeah but you couldn't do that now um the only reason blackmores does it is because they've got 35,000 or whatever the number is now yeah um people and they can justify and they can they can meet those costs and hopefully with the world world major hopefully they get that status to to bring some more people and further enhance the enhance the event city mm. to surf another one that gets away with massive road closures i mm. guess because it's it's such a um, traditional event that's been going for such a long time as well and like eighty thousand people how can you just stop an event that gets that many people yeah um, but it's to, massive to close down like bondi would be so expensive oh right? of course it would yeah, yeah. Of course it would. um but yeah it's it's a, it's a shame that triathlon can't put on events like they used to like definitely in sydney like there's barely anything in sydney like the, just this morning actually in the triathlon the 40th think it's the 40th running and that's australia's oldest triathlon they're mm. really struggling to, to meet expenses just to put on the race like they used to have a massive professional prize purse you used to get all these all the best triathletes in australia but mm. um now they can they're just trying to and they've got sponsors on board still even with that they're struggling to just break even so it makes it makes it hard for sydney-based triathletes with all those extra expenses because even if you're going down because there's a big chunk of races run by a group called elite energy down the south coast mm-hmm. like you heard of the big big husky husky yeah. Yeah, yeah. That one's big. yeah that's that's a massive one um they do a lot of races down there but even to go down there like people will you have most people would stay overnight because it's early morning start so there's accommodation costs mm. um and and that's that's considered a local race for triathlon yeah like right. that is considered a local race and it's a three hour three hour um drive for some people to get there mm-hmm. um you can't really get much closer than that anymore yeah yeah um i think you, you've talked about like uh crowley craig alexander mm-hmm. um and kind of like the the big names of the past like we had like chris mccormack and i think there was 
a few other guys who were kind of just shy boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know that. Um, anyone who's anyone comes from the shy, mate. <laughs> yeah. Is that, a controversial, <laughs> is that a controversial thing to say? I don't know. I think my face said it all. <laughs> <laughs> who, um, beautiful part of the world. <laughs> who, are the, who are the big names at the moment? Like the big um, names at the moment in Australia. Yeah. Um, well, long course, we don't have too many on their level that were like world champions or or close to it. Um, our best elite guys, Matt Hauser, who got, um, if you might have seen him in the Commonwealth Games, got podium there. Jake Burtwistle, oh, yeah. who used to it's be a runner, yeah, Tasmanian. Yeah. He's one of our best guys there. Um, on the girls' side is... Uh, Nat Van Coverden, Sophie Lynn, the two best there. Emma Jeffcoat is um, from Sydney Northern Beaches, used to be in Surf Life Saving. She's, she's one of Australia's elite as well. Um, yeah, so we, we're getting up there. There's We got a medal in the mixed team relay and, and Matt got a medal in the individual in the Commonwealth Games. It was, it was disappointing, a lot of criticism surrounding Tokyo that... Um, I think people forget to realise because people say, "Oh, why can't you know?" Back in the golden era, you know, things need to change. Like all the, all the staff need to change. But people just need to realise that the sport is now growing and it's becoming so much more competitive than what it was in the early two thousands. It's so much more international now, mm. um, and it, it's one of the most international sports in the world. If you have a look at the start list for some of these World Series races, um, it's it's so so well represented from all different countries in the world it's um because even though it's an expensive sport there's um people from third world countries the world triathlon the um, federation is trying to put effort into um promoting opportunities for them so that it's not a barrier for them and you get you get people who were refugees and like their way out of poverty is to actually do triathlon on the world stage and they get opportunities to do that and so racing and racing is like a life or death sort of scenario for them because yeah. my coach used to be involved in that in the development um of triathletes from those developing countries and it's it's amazing some of the stories he used to tell about you know the, the power of sport and, and the opportunities that it provided um but yeah it's 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 in a reasonable place could be in a better place australian triathlon but um definitely think it's harder so much harder now to be competitive than what it was when it was in its infancy yeah because it only really started in the 90s like it's a it's a still a very new sport um in the early 2000s when we're sort of at our prime Mm. where we had our best performances on the world stage yeah interesting and um i guess like you've done like a few uh competitions and race for like australia and things like that um are there any sort of highlight races that you yeah, can kind so of look back on or probably the major highlight race was purely because of the circumstances around it so i went to mexico when i was um when i was 19 first year uni and just before i got my pro license i was going to go for my pro pro license i was just wanted to have one more crack at an age group race and so I wanted to go the age group world championships and see how I went there. There was also an aquathon world championships in that week. Um, so just the swim run component. So one K swim five, I think it was a run swim run two and a half K 
k run, one k swim, two and a half k run, um, and like I raced Alistair Brownlee and all that like in the same oh, race as them. So it was, it was pretty cool. But I basically let it let the moment get to me. Think you know, just basically warm myself out before the race even started. Like it was thirty six degrees, ninety percent humidity. It was, just, it was Cozumel and Island off Mexico, Mexico, and. Um, Oh, I was thinking I was doing by the second run. I think I was doing my long run pace. Like I was, <laughs> nice. I was that, and I felt my heart rate felt like it was at two hundred. Um, and I swam like an absolute brick. Um, so that was, and I was in such a bad headspace after that. And then twenty four hours later was my triathlon. So oh, it, was a, it was a weird decision, really, when <laughs> yeah. I think about it. Just doing two back to back races like that, but. I think in my head, I thought the aquathon was like the main thing because I was with those elite guys and I was racing against some high quality guys who were the best in the world. Um, then I went to the age group race, um, but I was just in a mindset of let's just enjoy it. And this, my coach helped me reframe this and not be too down on myself to get over myself basically. Um, but he put it really nicely and um, really constructively. So I basically enjoyed every minute of it and I, had probably the best best race of my life um to win that under 19s event um just 24 hours later so it was just and purely because of a mindset shift yeah rather than anything else like physically there couldn't have been anything different physically i should have been worse because i was 24 hours after a, a 30 minute race um but yeah that was an extremely proud moment for me and a really good memory because of the lowest of lows the highest of highs really mm. yeah um how do yeah. you reframe it i just think i was focused and it's it's a bit of a cliche in the sporting world but focus on process over outcome but in terms of don't just focus on oh, i want to win i want to get top three or i want to whatever just stay on thinking about what you can control at that present moment and if you think about that that'll sort of allow you to not worry about things you can control, not worry about what's going to happen in five or 10 minutes time, but just focusing on little things. One, it helps mentally break down the race. Um, two, it um, basically relaxes you and doesn't make you lose um, or waste unnecessary energy thinking about or worrying about things that you know other people might be doing or other things outside of your control. And I guess just enjoying it for what it is sort of helps relax and like I physically made made myself smile during the race. Like just just little things like that, just to remember this is not a chore. I'm here because I want to be here. Mm. Um, and enjoy the moment, soak it up. It's not every day that I can, you know, race in a world championship on the other side of the world. There's not, you know, it's a, it's a pretty cool opportunity to do that. Um, and to, to not waste that moment by being too tense or too worried about the result obviously push it hard and focus on you know my form and my technique and positioning on the bike and all those little things but to actually enjoy the moment at the same time hmm. and it it worked so yeah that was yeah. my most um my worst and my best memory in the space of 24 <laughs> hours yeah, roller coaster. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, massive. Yeah. no it really was it was um and triathlon does that like m most people say like and you see elite guys they have absolute trash races and they come back and then win a race like there's so many things that 
um, can go can go well for you. And sometimes it's a bit of luck. Sometimes you know you might just escape a crash. You might just be out of, and that crash might take down you know two or three of the favourites. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things outside of control. But if you let that worry or let that get to you, then it's just going to impact your performance because you're you're not directing your energy or your focus on where it should be. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because you think, obviously, you stress. Well, I at least, you know, you stress about a race and you your mind goes to things like you're saying that it's just useless energy at the end of the day mm. thinking you know like you said what can what's going to happen in five minutes or you know how what's going to happen if i hit the wall you know all those sort yeah, of things what ifs yeah. questions what ifs, that yeah, little yeah. voice in your head yeah yeah it's yeah mm. but anyway yeah um yeah you mentioned uh having like a pro license and yeah age group stuff what how does that all work yeah so age group is basically so to race for prize money and to be able to be selected on um under 23 elite and open elite australian teams and to earn world ranking points you've got to have a professional license um and to win prize money with a prize purse over a certain amount you've got to actually have this professional license it's an australian thing i'm not sure if it exists in other countries um but basically you've got to submit your race results and they'll determine there is an automatic criteria. Like if you do this, you will be guaranteed to get your pro license. And then if you don't quite meet that, you can still apply and get discretionary. Um, so that's definitely the next step up from junior and or age group racing when you're a younger, when you're still pretty young um, to race at that elite level if you want to pursue those that pathway. So Continental Cups, that first stage of elite racing, then up to World Cup, and then the world championship series so there's three tiers of international racing and your results determine whether you know it's it's selected by triathlon australia for each one mm-hmm. um from world cup world cup those top two tiers um and continental cup depending on numbers of application but as long as you've got you need a professional license to do all three mm, to do right. any of them um yeah yeah so that's how that come about so it's it's just that next step from juniors to get to and they do have an interim license like an under 23 development one which gives you the same entitlements but um it's sort of just at stepping stone to become that full open elite athlete Mm. um but it's not much different other than the fact that you're under 23 and you're still in that stage of development um or that transition period between junior and open elite athlete yeah okay yeah it's hard to make a living in triathlon though profession don't get fooled by the professional tag yeah right you end up <laughs> spending more more than you earn yeah um unless you're unless Lionel you're top Sanders. unless you're top 20 in the world yeah um and triathlon australia give categorized athletes funding as well but they still there's still a lot that's still not much compared to um compared to a lot of other sports <laughs> there's <laughs> golf and tennis True. Yeah. yeah so is that like a a big thing for you then like getting your pro license or well I've, I've had my pro license i've since i've sort of stopped right i've sort of gone back to just general membership okay. um yeah if i pick it up again next year it wouldn't then, be hard to get or um it'd be interesting like because i don't have an i haven't raced for a long time for triathlon because like through covid there was it obviously wasn't much but mm. yeah i'll look to apply for it again and, and see how we go but um yeah I still want to, I just want to be involved in the sport in some capacity. I don't want to, um, 
and I'm still in two minds on what I really want to focus on. Yeah. I've been pondering this for too long, obviously. <laughs> should just make a bloody decision and <laughs> yeah. go ahead. But Oh, you're running all um, right still though, yeah. But yeah, I just I just enjoy my running the most at the moment. That's that's why I've been doing this because running is something that I've enjoyed the most. I think a big part of that is the environment and the group and the social element of it. Like mm-hmm. obviously running with run crew, there's a lot of people, like-minded people that I train with. It's hard to find that at the moment in a cycling group. I, it used to be easy with the triathlon group I was with. There was sort of a routine rides, like three or four rides a week we used to do. Um, but that in that group and that environment doesn't exist anymore. Swimming's easy because our swim squad's our swim squad is incredible um, with numbers and with a lot of really competitive surf and pool swimmers in there. Um, but yeah, it's probably that cycling piece that I find. Uh, I know I said long run is something I can do on my own, but long ride is something I just think. Yeah. I just I have a short attention span going out for a long ride. If I go out for a ride, I'm like, oh, I just have to do efforts or something. I can't, yeah. can't just go out for a spin for 100 k's by myself. Some people do it. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> a lot of respect. Yeah. <laughs> I could last 30 minutes on the bike in the gym, for example. Yeah. Now I'm too scared to go on the road, that's for sure. Mm. But um, Oh, it feels longer in the gym because we have like an indoor trainer using Zwifts, which is like... A, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um that's like an hour on that is like they say the equivalent of 90 minutes to two hours on the road because yeah. it just feels so long yeah as long as you're actually putting some pressure through the pedals and you're not just watching netflix because i'm <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's sometimes the lazy oh if there's a little cloud outside yeah i'll hop on zwift <laughs> put on some netflix series and <laughs> just kill time yeah and think i'm getting the same benefit sometimes i do but sometimes it's just like look at my power and go oh what was the no point getting on the bike at all yeah fair enough um i guess wrapping up unless you got anything else you want to ask me no all good um we've asked everyone what their favorite running race was um is there anything that springs to mind that i've done or yeah Yeah, that you've done running race um i really like as a race Sutherland to surf because that's my sort of local sort of our local olympics really because you know people don't really know anything about running in our area but they know the Sutherland to surf because it's got sort of it's it's a local version of the city to surf it's been around for 50 years i think it's the 50th year this year mm-hmm. um and just running through running it's mainly downhill it's 11k um running through the the streets where I normally drive, you know, seeing familiar faces on the, on, on the road down to Cronulla. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, it's a pretty cool race. And as I said, unique opportunity to run on closed roads, like in main roads, um, is something we can't take for granted anymore. And yeah, there was 4,000 people, which is, it's not as big as it used to be, but it's still good to see it's, it's, um, it's thriving and, and hopefully we'll, pick up the numbers even more um and it's for one it raises money for wanda surf life saving club as well so it's uh, a not-for-profit event so yeah, always a good community event that brings out a lot of people just those once a year fun runners you see it some some things a lot of people just do that and that's that's all they'll do all work towards for the year um but yeah good good local event that i that i enjoy the most i would 
if I had to pick one, um, yeah, that'd be it. But I love track, right? I love everything, really. Yeah. I, I like the variety. I like cross country. I like track. Um, I like the fact that I'm not doing the same thing all the time. Mm. Mm. And um, any like particular run, uh, I guess like similar to Mexico, kind of that kind of experience. Like one uh, race, big one, breaks, one yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, probably not to be honest, because I haven't been at the elite level really for running, where I've been able to experience something like that. Like I've never raced overseas in any major event. Obviously, it's different when you're doing halves and full marathon people chasing you know in berlin and new york and boston and all the rest of them but you haven't really had that experience running i guess sorry that's right um not um not on a large scale i guess atmosphere wise probably the best atmosphere like the state i always really like actually the state 3k night is a really Mm. good good night that's next weekend for yeah. those listening entries close on maybe tuesday <laughs> um yeah so yeah it's because it's last year there was and it sounds when i tell people they're like oh that sounds the mo- like the most boring thing ever but it's actually it's cool it's yeah. actually really cool um so there was almost 600 runners like just over 500 runners last year all running 3k races so i think there was 27 3k races in a row last year and they're expecting something similar this year but every single race is close because they're all they've nominated time and you've given a grade based on your nominated time so they're all really close races so starting from like five or six minute k's um for the for the 3k and going down to sub eight minute runners for the for the winner of the a race so it's it's pretty cool to see the gradual progression of time coming through and then every single race is like comes right down to the wire Mm -hmm. um and it's and most people stay around most people um get with their squads or their um athletics clubs or rec running groups and stick around and support everyone in their group because that's not something you can do often in a fun run because everyone's on course at the same time Mm. unless the elite runners are sticking around for those other people to finish the fact that it's on a track you know everyone's there once they run they can stick around grab something to eat and enjoy the rest of the night yeah um if they want to when the weather's not too bad um yeah so it's at es marks this year which has just been oh, resurfaced be cool. yeah, yeah. Mm. laid um yeah so it'll be interesting to see how that goes that's always another good one atmosphere wise yeah i like that one and um are you running that or oh, i'm commentating this year oh, so cool. i won't be running that haven't got quite the speed in the legs so i i could probably still have a run in one of the earlier grades to be honest um just for the sake of having a run but um yeah been asked to commentate that one so i'll jump in there but i'll probably do the state 5k is another good one similar sort of concept doesn't quite get the same numbers but 5k on the tracking it'll be either january or february i can't remember um but similar similar sort of thing yeah and iron state relays i'm doing as well coming up the track relays four by 1500 or four by 800 depending on where we get a team for but yeah plenty of stuff happening yeah i I think i'm gonna get down there for the five thousand maybe well yeah one of them yeah we'll see now i highly recommend it track racing sounds good good. like people people think track racing just for the elite but there's there's specific events within the year that definitely cater for absolutely everyone like you can almost walk a pram around the track Mm. and you won't feel out of place so it's 
That's great. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool what they're trying to do in Athletics New South Wales, trying to make it more inclusive and and make people realise that athletics is like fun runs. Like it's not just for competitive. It's not just for the elite, not just for those people who want to take running seriously. Mm. Um, yeah, it's for all walks of life. Mm. That's mm. what we want. Yeah, it is what yeah. we want. <laughs> all right, well, that um, wraps it up. Thanks for joining. No worries at all. Pleasure to be here. Sorry I was a bit late, but um, <laughs> no, it was good chatting. Um, and keep up the good work, guys, with this podcast. Hopefully get some... Um, uh, a lot more guests on as well to to give some insight into into what's happening behind the scenes from because every every runner comes from a different uh, yeah different mm. uh, journey different life experience and it's it's actually interesting listening to those stories because a lot of the time you have no idea um, unless you know them personally so yeah yeah it's good yeah good stuff thanks thanks, man. thanks appreciate man. it.